Hi, welcome back. This is Cassandra. And I'm Karami. And this is Too, Too Good, Good to, to Be, be true. true. And this week, we're going to we... go over the Tinder Swindler. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be mostly Cassandra, and I don't really have any idea what's going on. Because <laughs> I, I listened... Blindly. Yep, I I listened to another podcast, do an episode on him months ago, and I don't remember much of it. And then I tried to watch the doc on Netflix, and I couldn't get through it because I was at work (laughs) and kept getting distracted. And I kind of figured I would like to be a little surprised by the story, so I did not dig into it at all, and I'm going to just let her... Tell us all about it. So go forth and spread the di- nonsense. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's pretty nonsensical. So, the tin- Tinder Swindler. Sometimes that's hard to say. Yeah, she's been messing it up all week. The Every time you've been Tinder talking to me, you've been saying like Tindler Swindler. And the Twindler Swindler. Tin- yeah. <laughs> that guy. That, you know that guy. The Tinder Swindler, a.k.a. Simon Laviv, was born Shimon Yehuda Hayut on September 27th, 1990 in Israel. It was very hard to find information on him from back in the day, truly. There's not much here. His father, did they didn't speak of a mother at all, but his father was Yohanan Hayut and was the chief rabbi of El Al Airlines, which, honestly, I was like, there's sounds rabbis. Familiar. I'm like, there's rabbis on flights? I didn't know this. I had to Google it, because I was like, that wait, is the weirdest thing I've ever heard of. I'm sorry, wait, so wait, he is on the flight as a rabbi, not, like, as flight crew? Or he's flying? I'm, I missed something there. It, they just said he's the chief rabbi. He's a rabbi, like, by, like, that's his, that was his job. So they just keep a rabbi on rabbi the flight? Rabbi on the flight. Well, it's like a, it's, it's a really particular flight. Like, the flight is like... Well, did you look into why? Like, is it because they're then there to, I, like, give their last rites if the plane goes down Maybe or that's why. Maybe that's why. Okay. I didn't honestly investigate that. I might have to look into that. Closely, but <laughs> I thought it was weird. I was like, really? Is this a real thing? Anyway, at the age of 15, he moved to Brooklyn, New York, in the U.S. with his family's friends, who later accused him of misusing their credit card. Hmm. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Quick beginnings, I guess. So, he has been committing minor cons, like check fraud, since he was a teenager. And he later changed his legal name from the Shimon Hayut to Simon Lviv. Like, legally did it. Using that particular surname of Lviv to pretend he was related to Liv Avernovic Lviv, an Israeli businessman known as the King of Diamonds, in quotation marks. Okay. (laughs) So, it's like very well known... Because he, like, he wanted people to kind of draw their own conclusions. He didn't want to outright say. He didn't, yeah, he didn't outright say. But he wanted to make it obvious that it was that. But then when he does get to know someone or whatever, he legit did say. He he was claiming he was the son of this diamond mogul. We'll get into all that. (laughs) So anyway, 
In 2011, Hayut was charged in Israel with theft, forgery, and fraud for cashing stolen checks. And, according to reports, he stole a checkbook belonging to a family that he was babysitting their child. (laughs) Sir. Yeah. (laughs) And another's while working as a handyman at their home. So he stole a checkbook from this family he was babysitting for, but then another family that he was being like a handyman at their home. And this was like back in 2011, so. Anyway, he never showed up in court when he got in trouble for this and escaped the country across the border into Jordan with a fake passport under the name Mordecai Nisim Tapiro. Um, okay. And fled to Europe. I feel like he's doing the most with these names. Why can't yeah, he just he'd be really like be making up Fred like Smith. the most ridiculous <laughs> names? I think he get, just gives up towards the end. You'll you'll see. So, in 2012, he was indicted by an Israeli court and charged with theft and forgery of checks, as well as for leaving a five-year-old that he was babysitting unattended. Well, I mean, you can't watch the kid and steal a checkbook. So. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you, you I just mean, gotta pick your priorities. I guess. I mean, and apparently the babysitting wasn't paying enough for his taste. So, hmm. you know. In 2015, he was arrested in Finland and was sentenced to three years in prison for defrauding several women. Which he sort of has a repeating pattern of, as we will see. Mm-hmm. And when he was arrested in Finland, he claimed he was an Israeli man born in 1978. <laughs> and was found with two forged Israeli passports, three forged Israeli driver's licenses, two forged Israeli flight permits, and five forged American Express credit cards. I just want to know when they say that they're found with say five different ids are they really found with them on their person or do they mean that they searched and found it at their residence i would assume was bro walking around with like a trench coat of ids i don't think so but maybe like in his luggage or something it has to be because like i'm picturing him like an old school cartoon like those guys that have the hat and the trench coat, and they whip it open on in like on the inside is lined <laughs> with pocket watches. Yeah, it's just lined with all those po- like <laughs> several pockets that he could just keep all his. Uh, hey, I'm going to use this identity today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I mean, he had to keep doing this because he didn't want to get caught up with. Do you know what I mean? So that he could get more arrest and whatever. So like he could just kept changing. Like he had so many different identities yeah. and yeah. aliases and And that's common amongst the con people, just like right. Puente. She had exactly. many different names. So after finishing his sentence early from all that, he returned to Israel to be recharged and sentenced in twenty seventeen. However, According to the Times of Israel, he assumed a different identity by changing his name to the Simon Lviv and then fled the country again. So, this was like before he officially had taken that name. So, all this happened before that. So, 
this is the after he had taken on that persona or that name is when he started his major dating fraud on women as we're going to get into his, here his tinder swindling so he at first traveled around europe pretending to be different people and he exploited several women in germany using the name michael bilton so, I mean, even though he had legally changed his name to that other name, he still goes around using other names because just to do what he wants to do, I guess. You know what I mean? To just get the job done. So, then, this is when he started using the dating apps to meet multiple women. So, how it usually worked was he would meet these women, and then he would kind of get them emotionally invested once he matched with them on these apps, mostly Tinder. And he would then meet up with her, take her on some fancy luxury date type thing, and then impress her so much and get her so invested that she would just be like oh this is amazing this is wonderful he would start like saying things about feeling certain emotions for them get them so that they were like not only invested like in the way of like oh this is so fancy and luxurious but also mm-hmm. get them emotionally invested he was manipulating them in so many different ways yeah he'd like love bomb the shit out of them oh until yeah they, you know fell for him and oh yeah and then they would just do whatever he needed them to do then what he would do is establish lines of credit and loans in their names and then ultimately left leave them holding the bills yeah i saw like the one lady i think took out a forty thousand dollar loan or something Oh, ridiculous amounts of money. Like, it's, I don't even think there's any way to, like, explain or keep up with it. Because I'm sure there are many other women besides these women. Well, yeah, and then he used it all, you know, kind of crossed paths with all of it. Like, he used woman A's money to pay for woman B's date. that's basically what he did. So... In the case of this first girl that he exploited badly, the Cecilia Schroeder Felhoy, he took her on this trip on a private jet. And you'll see that if you watch the the Netflix thing, the Tinder swindler, Mm -hmm. he took her on this, like, literally, uh, first of all, first date, first date. They have one, literally, they went out, and she. he's like, I'm going to take you on a private jet. So, like, they go out. They're having a drink, whatever. And he's like, I'm going to take you on a private jet. She goes home, packs, to go on this trip after she just met this man. Did that happen on Friends, like, with Monica and that boxer guy? I... Pete. He was, like, rich as fuck. Don't even and, know. Yeah, I remember that. I don't that. remember. <laughs> I remember that happening. He was like, we're just going to fly to, like, Paris or whatever. But she was, like, so taken aback by him and, and so drawn in by his charisma and his just personality that he puts on. He puts on a show, you know? She was like, oh, yeah, sure. So she is totally down, goes on this thing with him, and he's got... He literally had people that he 
hired or what I don't know if they were in on the scam or if he hired them, but there was a guy being his bodyguard. <laughs> there was another girl that was with them that he said was some sort of ex. You'll find out more about her later that he said he had a child with and there was a kid with the lady on oh. the flight when they went on this flight there was a lady Wait, who had this a child was a date why are all these extra people i get the bodyguard sure, yeah but like why is the ex going on the it's date? very weird so and i think she thought that was weird when she showed up and she's like okay why is this lady but he had some excuse about he didn't see his child a lot because he's traveling because he's you know a diamond mogul <laughs> You know, because he's the diamond mogul's son. He's traveling all the time. He's never around. He's busy jet setting. That he doesn't. He didn't have time to see said child of his. So that's why they were there. I still think it's a little weird. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's very it's weird. weird either way, like I'm completely fine with. You know, if you date somebody, and they have a kid with their ex, and they're like good friends, and so they occasionally do things with you, that's fine. But on the first date. Yeah, on it's the first date. It's a little crazy. I agree. I don't know that I would have went all in like uh, this girl, but hey, I guess you only live once, which <laughs> I think is what she was saying. Like you know, like YOLO. Like you know, yeah. Hell with it, you know. So at some point, what he does is he starts to claim that people are coming after him, his enemies in quotation marks, okay? <laughs> mm, okay. He would say he would send these like urgent voice messages or uh what are the, what are they what's another way they call them? Like the voice like you know, he just like voice notes? Voice notes. Yeah, he would send them these like urgent voice notes like saying like oh, they're out there, they're coming to get me, like, whatever, you know, just, like, very urgent, very, like, with a huge sense of urgency that, like... What if one of them was, like, at work and she couldn't hear the message for, like, four hours? He would literally text and send voice notes, like, just over and 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 over. Like, insanely repetitively. Like, would not stop. I know somebody like that. <laughs> so, yeah, like, just do, 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 like, one after the other, we call okay? It, we call it text bombing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But still, it, I'm sorry, like, if I'm at work and I'm having, like, a particularly busy afternoon, I don't care how many texts and voice notes you send me, I will check them when I'm done. Like, I've had that happen, like... Right. Like, there's been how many times I've been at work and, like, you know, Dominic, for instance, his texting style is, like, a sentence, a sentence, a sentence, a sentence, a voice note, a sentence, three pictures, a video, and, like, he'll just rapidly, you know, just, like, rapid fire send them to me, and it's, like... I, I don't. I don't ignore, ever think. Oh, he's dying. It. I have to look at these messages. Like I still wait until I have the time to well, read his messages. At at some point, then he would like send pictures of like his bodyguard bleeding or like injuries or like. Do you know what I mean? Saying, "Oh, someone came after them," or like you know, 
whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like, physically assaulted them or whatever. I'd be like, oh, man, and, that sucks. I guess you should probably call cops. Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do about it? Message them saying that for security reasons, he couldn't use his own card. So he needed them to use theirs to bail him out, basically get him out of whatever situation he was in. Oh, I got to be under the radar. I can't use my own stuff because I don't want them to track me down and find me or whatever. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like saying he had to basically stay under the radar. So like he can't use his own credit cards. He can't book his own flights. He can't do like he had to use these women's <laughs> credit cards because he just needed to escape his enemies and he didn't need them finding him or whatever. Some bullshit, you know? And so he would literally even ask them to open new ones or extend their credit. Like if they couldn't, like if they only had so much credit, he literally, the one girl, he sent her like a fake out. When I was watching the, you know, Netflix documentary, he sent her, like, a fake, like, this is your job. And it was, like, a pay stub for, like, some sort of fake job that was, like, she was getting, like, 93000 or some ridiculous amount. So they upped, like, no questions asked. She showed that to them, like, sent it to these people at the creditors, and they upped her limit like that. Like, can you believe that? I didn't know it was that easy to just be like, you know what? I make this much money now, up my credit limit. It's not that easy. It's not supposed to be <laughs> that easy. I didn't think I it was. I know when we up credit limits and stuff, there's a whole change in terms that happens. Like, they have to say they want more credit or they want to add this collateral or release this collateral or whatever. And they have to meet with their loan officer and, like, go over everything. And then it has to be approved they legit by somebody in our credit so department. Easy. And then... You can raise your credit limit. Like, I get change in terms stuff all the time to, like, release certain collateral or whatever at my job. It's not as simple as just texting somebody a photograph of something and saying, oh, I got a raise. Like, something weird was going on there. There has to be more to that story or somebody was really incompetent and yeah. didn't review some stuff. I don't know. Pro probably. He was, in fact, actually... You know, using that money from one person to spend it on the other person, just like, you know, Karami was just saying, he would, you know, when he's messaging this one girl being like, sending these urgent messages about his enemies or whatever, he's actually trying to get money to spend on said next victim. You he's know, already got a dinner date lined up and he just needs the funds. He just needs the funds, yeah. So that he can go take her out on this lavish, you know, whatever, you know, trip to somewhere or fancy dinner or, you know, whatever it may be. And, you know, basically what they were saying is he was essentially operating a Ponzi scheme. And if you don't know what a Ponzi scheme is, it is a form of fraud in which... Belief in the success of a non-existent enterprise is fostered by the payment of quick returns to the first investors from money invested by later investors. So, Otherwise known as... 
A so, pyramid scheme. A pyra- well, I guess essentially you could call that also a pyramid scheme. <laughs> so, yeah. So, he was just, you know, using the money he gained from one person to lure the new person and just keep going down the line, basically. You know what I mean? And so, he kept doing that until he could not anymore and then he later when he couldn't get the funds from people he would pretend to repay victims by sending them forged documents showing fake bank transfers from some swiss bank account or whatever that he supposedly had which it's always swiss bank clearly you know he did not there's a reason i think that that's a trope in movies it's always the swiss bank yeah i know crazy and like i said he was alleged to have even hired a team of fake assistants and a business partner in his impersonation of this jet-setting diamond CEO, because he was saying he was the CEO of the company. The son, not only the son of the owner, the owner, he was saying he was the CEO. Wow. <laughs> That's what he started saying. An important guy. He got a little carried away with himself, apparently. So, he was... Happy to jump from one identity to another in order to keep up with his schemes. And, you know, had to keep changing his name. I mean, which most of the time he did use the Simon Laviv on these apps or whatever to do what he did. But because he had already been convicted of fraud under his birth name, he could no longer use that at all whatsoever. Yeah, they don't really want to give passports and stuff to... To people who've already (laughs) been convicted convicted of fraud. So, like, he was already being looked for and watched at this point because he had already, you know, done all that other stuff and fled. So, then his name was revealed in a Norwegian newspaper called VG or Verden Gang and exposed him... Because once these girls caught up with everything, they were like, we got to take him down. And I commend these girls. Mm-hmm. Totally. They deserve all the props in the world because they were like so upset when they found out about all this. Obviously, like they had feelings for this person. And then to find out not only was he dating all these other women, but he was conning them, stealing money from them, well, stealing money from other women, using their money to con these other women. I mean, there's so many levels. That, but, like, they don't even know who that dude is for real. For so real. they don't know yeah. how dangerous he is, and they're really taking a risk here by coming forward because they don't know. Yeah. Is he going to put a hit out on them or something like that? So they teamed together with these other people to expose him. And I would like to go through the entire expose because it's just it's a ride okay so we are gonna do that it is definitely something else okay okay so this basically gives you a timeline of everything and all the names of the the names of the two girls who finally realized what was going on and were like, I'm going to help take this guy down. Okay. So, first of all, we know he has seduced and swindled young women for millions and is a fugitive from justice in several countries, which we know. 
and he finds his victims on the dating app Tinder and then seduces them with travel by private jet, luxury hotels, and expensive dinners. They believe they are dating a wealthy businessman, but other women he has swindled are paying for the luxury. And you already went all over all this, but this is how they introduce the, you know, expose. Okay. And then it goes on to say that they spent six months chasing him over several continents, and then they finally found him in Munich at one of Europe's most fashionable hotels. And this expose is by Natalie Romay Hansen, Christopher Kumar, Erland Oft Artson, and Tori Christensen. Part one is Cecilia's story. And as we know, she is one of the women that reported him for fraud. So once she found out everything was going on with him, she contacted VG to start this whole process of you know, putting him out there so that on display, full display, so that, you know, he can't do this to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So she said for months she was in con- daily contact with him and believed they were in a committed relationship. And then she gave VG full access to all text messages, pictures, and videos exchanged between them, which was a lot because this man would be constantly sending things so what did they use like whatsapp te- i was gonna say because like were they, they texting? Use, i'm sorry i they because, used whatsapp yeah because i'm like thinking i know on my own cell phone i have all text messages and like i messages and stuff set to delete every 30 days so that i don't end up you know having a ton of my uh my phone's right. available usage and, like, storage filled up with text. So, I was, like, I was wondering. But I know WhatsApp, like, you don't have to do that. It just stores everything. Yeah, it have... just stores everything there. Which, thank God, because Because honestly, I was thinking, yeah, I'd be kind of screwed. Because within 30 days, all the evidence would be gone. It was amazing that. that she had all of this stuff still. So, she is living in London. And... She went, like I said, she went on that trip with him, but then she, after they went on that trip that I spoke about before, she flew home to London the next day, and he traveled onward. So one week after that initial date, which I'm still mind blown. I'm still baffled. That she she did that on the first date. On the first date. She's so overwhelmed with everything because it was just such a whirlwind thing. She asks herself, will I see him again? They flirt daily. The next week, he returns to London to visit her. And she is definitely falling for him. So then, four weeks after the first date, Simon says that the threats against him are so serious that he can't visit her in London anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Then, he's like saying about how they need to avoid leaving a digital trail and that his security team has given him explicit instructions, whatever that means. The day after... It means I'm lying. Yeah. This is a day after he met her in Oslo. And then he says that he's going to ask her for a favor. Then, you know, it goes on to... Every morning, her waking up to a message from him, like, totally smooth talking to her, like, good morning, dear, did you sleep well? You know, stuff like that, like, and they've been chatting since January, and this is of 2018. 
okay? And during the spring, they met twice in Amsterdam, once in March and once in April. And she said she was happy to have alone time with him who, because he's usually surrounded by these other people. And I still am confused about that because I'm like, did he hire these people? Were they in on the scam? They Were they probably, getting they, money I from mean, him? They, yeah, they're probably getting money from him, but they probably weren't in on the fact that it was a scam. They probably weren't like, oh, this guy's, you know, pulling a fast one on all these women. So I'm going to get in on this and get my money. They probably he they probably believed he was genuinely a CEO and owner's son of that's, of this company that's too. That's very well he, possible. He probably legitimately hired them, and they thought that he was who he said he was. Because I'm like, if he didn't really have money, job. how was he paying them? Like, but with I think the women's money, and I'm like, of course he was probably paying them with the money he was stealing from these women. Right, right. So then he moved he moved to being like getting in the talks of renting a flat together in London as soon as his security situation is stable. In the meantime, he's still traveling around the world and, you know, not even, you know, thinking twice about her except these annoying messages he's leaving her. He's not coming to visit her anymore. So, 12 weeks after the first date, she's out with friends in London when she suddenly gets a very unpleasant message. And he had talked about the threats previously, but she had never seen anything. So this is when he starts sending all that bullshit. Like he's got blood on him. There's blood on the bodyguard, you know, all that. And he's just like, everything's getting more real now. And that's the one I have the question on. Not if they believed him or were in on the scam. My question would have to be, where did the blood come from? They, there's literally on, you can see it on the, um, uh, Netflix documentary there. He sent literal photos of them sitting in what looks like a hospital or an ambulance. But yeah, but I just want to know what happened. Like, did he pay people to attack them to make the story seem legitimate were they just in a car accident and he used it as, like, that's, convenient That's my question, evidence? too. Yeah, that's what know. I'm wondering about. I don't know. So I don't know if those people were also in on the scheme or he, like, lied to whoever the hospital people were or the workers that were working on them saying, oh, they got in some sort of accident or something like you yeah. said. I don't know. Who knows, honestly. So that's when he sent her that falsified document to show that he was going to repay the money that she loaned him but she didn't know it was false but he would like send like these things like oh i have this money it's just tied up right now you know like you know like the other people that we've talked about and he was like you know i'm gonna pay it back eventually you know and she starts to get concerned now, this is 13 weeks after the initial date, and she feels like she's doing everything for him, but is only getting requests for money in return, which... Because she is. Because she is. So, to give him one last chance, she invites him back to Oslo, and she realizes that's it. He's done. He... he clearly had moved on from her he was done with her couldn't get any money from her and now that the money is gone the affection is not mutual anymore he's moved on so she cuts off all contact with him she even blocked him she said on the 
Netflix thing. She's like, that's when I was just like, she came to a realization and she just blocked him. And she's in debt, obviously. She owes all this money, more money than, you know, it's, it's going to take her forever to pay it back. Right. Do you know what I mean? So, she reports him in both Norway and England and then contacts VG, which is, you know, who's doing this expose and shares her documentation. So that's when she finds out, um, because she contacted all these people that are like, oh, he's already wanted. She finds out his real name, that he was convicted of major fraud against three Finnish women in 2015, you know, and recognizes her own situation in the stories of these other victims. Like, hmm, this sounds awful. Hey, <laughs> yeah. So... She had taken out loans from 10 banks to help him. 10 banks? 10 banks. 10 banks? First of all, how do you even get approved for that many loans in rapid succession? Like, that's kind of like a red flag. If you... Yeah. It's one thing to go to one bank and get a loan, and you go to another bank, and they're kind of like, eh, didn't you just get a loan? But by the time you hit the third one, the bank should be like, You'd why are you doing this? Something would have happened eventually, Yeah. And so, when they wouldn't help her anymore, then she went to her mother and had her mother help her deal with the banks because she thought that she needed this money because she thought she needed to protect him. Do you know what I mean? Because she thought he was in danger because of the way he was sending those messages. So, anyway. (laughs) So, then this journalist that was hired for the expose, Yuri Blau wants to find out more about who this Simon guy really is. Mm -hmm. So he decides, okay, we're going to go to his home country and look for him. And he finds an address for the home where he grew up. Okay. (laughs) And he takes the VG crew there, which is crazy because they show this in the Netflix documentary and they show up there and there's a lady there and she claims to be his mother and me and she probably is Mm -hmm. but she says she has nothing to do with him she's never she has not seen him and literally since he was a child because she literally has nothing to do with him and it's funny because they had never mentioned her why okay I could see her raising him, realizing he's a horrible person and not having anything to do with him, but she didn't have anything to do with him since he was a child? Yeah, that's basically... Where she said, did he go She then? said he... Well, I'm like, like teenage years, I'm oh, thinking. Okay. Not like child, child, okay. but like teenage years. And she said that, you know, he changed his name, he's no longer associated with her, he's not a, no longer a Hayu or whatever, mm-hmm. he's now Laviv or whatever, and she, she, they have no contact, she has nothing to do with him. And she just wants them gone. She wants them gone. Like, she does not want these reporters there. She doesn't want the people there. I don't blame there. her. Which is completely understandable. Yeah, you know, you don't I mean? have anything to do with this shitty person. Why do you want to stand around yeah. and talk about it and have your name dragged to the mud, too? Yeah. So, they also talk to... They have police involved. And the police investigator tells them 
her name's Hanny Galati, she tells him about the charges with theft, forgery, and fraud all the way back from 2011 and how he never showed up in court and then fled to Europe. So, I mean, obviously, they're looking for him. They've been looking for him. This is helping them also, you know what I mean? (laughs) So they can catch up with this guy. So... In 2017 is when a new criminal case was opened up against him. So, and once again, he never showed up because, you know, that's how he is. I mean, why would you? You know you're going to go to jail. (laughs) So, he's on the run and, you know, we knew all this because, you know, this had happened prior to him doing the dating scam. So, then comes in Pernilla. She's, they call her... The Swedish victim. So, Pernilla Sodaholm? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but... Was that the one that was, uh... Yeah, I don't know. Shaholm? Shaholm. Shaholm. So, she started out... If you watch the Netflix documentary, she started out as having, like, a romantic relationship with him, but then they realized quickly that wasn't... It wasn't for her anyway. I don't know if it was for him, but they decided to just be friends. So then they were like, more like BFFs or whatever. Okay. So she even went on a trip with him. They'll show, they show this. (laughs) She went on a trip with him, like a lavish trip. And he had a girl, another girl he was, you know, grooming for the con with him on this trip. So did she have any idea then? Like, did she listen to him she, saying his bullshit and was like, wait a second. She did not know at the time. She thought that she just believed him and she thought that he was really like this, this mogul or whatever. And when she went on that trip with him was when they had you, they were using the fir, that other girl, Cecilia's money. She was sending him money at that time. And that's when this Pernilla had went on the trip with him. So, they contact her because she realizes what's going on. Because he started taking money from her under the same pretenses, but as a friend. Like, not in a romantic way, but was, like, saying he needed it to escape or he needed it for this. And he needed to do everything under the radar, not in his name. Mm -hmm. So, she just thinks she's being a good friend you know, but once she realized that she was also being swindled, that's when she gets in contact with them, too. Actually, I think what happened, they show it in the documentary, is that guy, the, um, the one that's doing the investigation for this, he contacts her through DMing her or something, Mm -hmm. and at first she doesn't know what to think of it, but then she realizes that she is being scammed, and then he ends up calling her on the phone, and they talk, and then she gets in on the whole expose, too. So now we've got two girls helping them with the expose. Okay. And she said that she transferred more than 400000 Holy shit. To him. 400000 Wow. Now, that's... In in different types of money, but she also had bought him airline tickets so he could escape to Bangkok with her own funds. 
Good God. Yeah. And she is, she's just like, obviously she's shocked and she's angry when she learns of him swindling other women and everything. But she doesn't confront him about it. Mm -hmm. She decides to work with these people and kind of con him and pull him in. Like she's still in, in, you know, conversations with him and still sweet talking with him so that she can kind of get the in. Do you right, know what I right. mean? Get, the, get and, the inside scoop. Yeah. So she then informs them about a meetup that she's going to have with him. And they're like, oh, great. You know, she, she asks him for her money back and he guarantees that she's going to get her money back when they meet up. And, you know, then he says that he's going to give her this like, watch or something like some valuable watch because he doesn't have it in cash he's going to give her this valuable watch to pay her back no (laughs) because he had all these fancy things he had fancy clothes he had fancy everything so she goes to do this meetup with him and they come along and they're like i don't know if they were like across the street on a building or where they were but him and the guy that was with him, which I don't remember if it was his business partner or the bodyguard, bodyguard. at that point, they actually saw someone. And so they play to their strengths and pretend, and Pernilla knows that it's the media, like the people that she's working with. She knows it's them. Right. But they play along with it and use it to their strengths and make it seem like, okay, someone's on the attack looking for them. So they rush her into a vehicle and try to, like, they, like, take off with her. And she's panicked because she's, like, thinking, do they know it's me? Do they know I'm trying to get them? Is Are they just messing with me? Do you know what I mean, basically? (laughs) Because she's, like, freaking out because they just literally, like, pushed her into a car with them and took off. And she said they were going so fast that, like, she's never went that fast Oof. in her life. Yeah, that sounds Like, scary. riding in a car. And she's terrified because she's like, I don't know what they're going to do to me. She doesn't know if she was found out as for working with the media to, you know, yeah, take him down. him, yeah. Yeah. So she's freaking out. But they did end up taking her home, thank God, you know. Mm-hmm. So she... Basically, just gets home, and they're also the like media people are freaking out because they're like, "Oh my god, did we like get this girl in on something that's like not?" They're freaking out because they want to get in contact with her, and when she gets home, she does contact them, and she's like, "I'm fine, I'm safe, (laughs) I'm alive, I'm alive." (laughs) You know, they played it off as like, you know, "Oh, my enemies," you know, that whole thing again, shtick or whatever, and they're like. They had to just rush off, you know, and get out of there. So they drop her off and then they just take off. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And she then takes that watch to a watchmaker to have it looked at to get it appraised to see if she's actually going to get any money. And guess what? Nothing. It's a fake. I knew it. (laughs) That's why I'm like, if somebody wanted to trade me something for something else, I'd be like, no, why am I putting in the work of taking this thing from you and then going to get what it's worth? You go sell it and then you'll have the money to give to me. So then a few days after that encounter in Munich, 
she comes to Oslo to confront him with the VG people present, but she's talking to him on the phone. So, like, she confronts him over the phone. And they also show this in the Netflix documentary. And she's like, stop lying to me. Like, I know what's going on. She's like, she's fed up. She's just going to, like, tell him what's going on. Yeah. And he just is, like, yelling at her, saying, like, she doesn't know what she's talking about, obviously, you know, and and just says that it's not true, that they're trying to manipulate her to get her to believe whatever narrative they want her to believe, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's just trying to still smooth talk her. And she's like, no, she's done. Like, she's done. Yeah, I mean, at some point, you just gotta... She literally (laughs) is sitting there. They show her sitting on the floor talking to him on the phone. She just starts crying. She's like, I know... That you're conning me, you're conning other women. She just calls, she lays it all out there. She's like, I know who you are, and I know that you're not a good person. And she's like, I can't believe you did this to me. Obviously, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, she hasn't, because he's just, he starts getting, like, very nasty. Like, very nasty. And he also yeah, he's caught. He did this to the other girl, too. So, she has him reported for aggravated fraud through social manipulation and threats and they tried to contact him personally themselves but he was having none of it he was like no <laughs> no he didn't he he wasn't going to talk to anybody not without a lawyer and then he said that he had lost contact with his lawyer oh you mean so, the lawyer he never had he probably never had one so by the end of this whole expose he is still at large and still wanted. This was before he was caught, but they just put this out there so that people could be aware and he could stop, you know, he wouldn't be able to do the things that he was doing. Mm -hmm. So, come to third girly. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When he eventually gets caught is because he had this victim that he was manipulating, thought she was his long-term girlfriend, Eileen Coleman, Mm -hmm. and she saw the VG piece. Oh. Well, we don't want that. And she decides to turn the tables on him. (laughs) Oh, how the turntables. Oh, how the (laughs) turntables. Yeah. So, this poor girl, she was just a mess also as well. When she literally was on a flight to go see him. They show this in the Netflix. Oh, my God. She was on a flight to go see him when this broke, and she saw it. And she didn't want to read through the whole thing, so she downloaded it onto her, you know, computer, laptop, whatever. And she was like, I'll read it later. She reads it on the flight. After she downloaded it. She's reading it on the flight to go see him. Oh, that sounds awful. And she's, like, disgusted. Well, yeah. And she's like, now I gotta go see him. What am I supposed to do? Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Like, what am I to do? So, this poor girl has to pretend, basically, that she's still his girlfriend. Spend this time with him. Uh Uh-huh. She had to sleep next to him and everything. I don't know how the hell... I'm telling you, kudos to this girl. <laughs> uh, kudos to all of them, but this one, 
I feel like she really did her due diligence. So, yeah. She had to go meet up with him. But then, because of this, he had to lay low. So, after this broke and they met up that time and then she went back to wherever she's from and she went her, they went their separate ways mm-hmm. he had to start letting low he lay low because of this coming out he could not do his normal things he couldn't be jet setting and doing all those things so he turned to her because that's all he had left he yeah. had no one else at this point because everyone else was aware of it he thought she wasn't but she is right <laughs> He thinks she's the only person that's left, but he's really got nothing. So he sees her as the only woman that he can trust and get help from. But she was way ahead of him. (laughs) (laughs) So he is like contacting her constantly, trying to find ways to get more money. And... She just keeps kind of sort of blowing him off, but keeping him in the wings. Do you know what I mean? She's like blowing him off, but like kind of keeping him in the wings. And so she eventually is like, I have a thought. You have all these designer brand clothes. Mm -hmm. So that's an easy way to make some cash. And he's trying to lay low. You know, he literally let his, he because he didn't want to be seen or anything, he let his beard grow out. He was looking all scruffy. He was staying in hostels at this point. He had no money. Like, yeah. he literally had no money. So, she's like, hey, we'll sell all of your stuff to get some quick cash. So, she's trying to, you know, lure him in with this thought of, oh, let's make some quick cash. Let's sell all your designer clothes, hats, glasses, whatever, shoes, whatever he has. And so she goes to meet up with him. And she is like, she had to stay the night with him for this Mm -hmm. whole thing. And then the next morning she just packs all his clothes and like takes it like I think three suitcases or something it said she packed of his stuff so she could sell it for him then once she gets back home she's literally just ready to do the scheme of her life because she's like I'm gonna sell all this shit and I'm keeping Keeping this money money. (laughs) to make her money back because she knows she's in the hole she's in debt and she doesn't know what else to do to make money back so she's like I'm gonna scam the scammer you know what I mean and rightfully so because he did deserve it so he, the, meanwhile, while she's doing all this and she set up like a um, site to like sell his stuff on, he's contacting her constantly, okay? And sometimes he's being super nice because he's trying to get what he wants, but then when he gets aggravated with her, he's being nasty and threatening her like, come on, I need this money, mm-hmm. you stupid bitch, whatever, yeah, whatever. He's getting desperate. Like... Haven't you sold anything yet? <laughs> but then he'd turn right back to being sweet again because he knows this is his only, like, basic lifeline at this point, or so he thinks. Mm-hmm. So he's, like, he just kept flip-flopping back and forth between, like, crazy psycho, like, literally saying the most belligerent, nasty, horrible things, and, like, he was just going to be, 
like threats and just be done with her and like mm -hmm. he was gonna hurt her and this that whatever to being super sweet and oh i'm sorry i love you like we're <laughs> Uh, we're gonna make this work and we're, this is all gonna go away and everything's gonna be fine and okay, you know buddy. and he he's making playing it off that like he's having to be under the radar because he he doesn't know that she read the the expose or whatever so he's like playing it off that he has to be under the radar because he's hiding from you know said enemies <laughs> in quotation marks so Meanwhile, she is selling all this stuff and telling him she isn't selling a thing. She's like, oh, I haven't sold a thing. Then she finds out because of something that he said. He, like, stops out of nowhere. He stops contact with her. And then she realizes he had to have left and went somewhere. He booked a flight. She's like, I know he booked a flight because he's, she's like, I know he's on a flight because there's no text. There's no this. That's the only time that you're not going to be getting messages constantly. Mm -hmm. So she's like, I know he left from where he was staying and he is on a flight. He must've got money somehow to get a flight. So she contacts these authorities and says, Hey, she did some investigating and deduced of where his flight was flying to because she looked up like information for flights mm -hmm. from where he was to other places at that time frame and figured out where he was going and what flight he was on. And she's like, Hey, I know, I know where he is. Like, let's get him basically. You know <laughs> what I mean? She's like, and so she gave them the flight information to the authorities and this is when he's finally arrested. And it's all thanks to her. So in 2019. About time. He was arrested. He, by, was, he was on a journey there was, for a I while. Mean, honestly, it's the longest. I was kind of sitting over here thinking, like, is she ever going to get to when he's getting arrested? And the like, longest how much thing stuff ever, is he doing? honestly. <laughs> so, yeah. Finally, in 2019, he's arrested by Interpol in Greece after using a forged passport. In order to go on this flight. Mm -hmm. And we know he does that. So it was like perfect that she's like, hey, he's on this flight. Because she knows that they're going to be able to arrest him. Because obviously he's got forged documents. He is arrested. And later that year, sentenced to 15 months in prison for theft, forgery, and fraud. But. 15 months? That's all that they charged him with. Yeah, 15 months. 15 months? Yeah. Girl, I'm going to go start stealing. I know, right? I'm That's it. <laughs> That's it. I'm going to... It gets worse because... I'm, I'm downloading OnlyFans, Tinder, all of it, and I'm... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> start scamming some people. So, yeah, he was only sentenced to 15 months for the theft, forgery, and fraud in Israel. But was released five months later. What the fuck? As a result of the coronavirus pandemic. No! Okay, but Anna got got COVID and Billy got COVID. If y'all listened to our earlier episodes. Maybe. <laughs> Why can't uh, Simon... What was his actual name again? Hayu? Is it, was Simon Shiman? his first? Shiman, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I know it was 
is something similar. Why why is he why can't he just have it? Good old Shyman, Simon, whatever the hell you want to call him. Back out on the streets, you know? Because Corona. So he was also ordered to pay forty-three thousand two hundred and eighty-nine dollars in compensation. But I don't know why it was so low because literally Maybe. he is alleged to have stolen an estimated ten million. That's what I'm thinking. They can probably only get him on stuff that they can actually show a paper trail of. But they could probably only get him for the stuff that they can, like you said, not not only that, trail. but there's a statute of limitations. So if he stole ten million over the course of say ten years, but the statute of limitations on fraud is five years. Some of those people might have fallen outside the window. That's true. But he is wanted for various fraud and forgery offenses by multiple places. This is just a brief list. Norway, Sweden, the United Kingdom, and Spain. That we know of. Just a a brief list. That's you know. the, because literally that's what we know of. Because I'm sure there's more. Only half the world's looking for this guy. Honestly, when I heard some of these stories on the Tinder Swindler documentary, I was like, for all we know, our friend from said first uh, podcast could have been one of his victims. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, for sure. Because literally he had asked this last girl, to sell her vehicle. Jeez. To send him money. Well, yeah, he doesn't care where it comes from. He did He's not just care gonna where it came from. He's just going to latch on whatever asset you've got that you can give him. So, yeah. He would evade payment, repayment to these girls by threatening and otherwise stalling them. And, like I said, he made a habit of sending increasingly unhinged WhatsApp voice messages. And they play some of these during the documentary, and you're just like, oh my god, he sounds full on just unhinged, like uh-huh. they said. <laughs> like, he's just, he's really getting nasty. And he even sent threatening messages to the filmmakers of the Tinder Swindler after its release in February of 2022. Hmm. Because he was just disgusted. Okay, well, no one cares. So. <laughs> you know? So, now, even though he's back out on the streets, there is this actual Lviv family to, you know, contend with. Right. And now that they have all this out in all of this out in the open or whatever the uh attorneys for the Levy family have filed a criminal complaint against Hayut <laughs> with the Tel Aviv magistrates court for libelish how do you say libelish I know libel is a word but I don't know how to say that I don't know Pub- what you're looking at publications infringing privacy and violating trademark orders because, I mean, not only was he using, like, their name, but he was using, like, whatever their trademark is on documents and things. Oh, wow, yeah, that's 
Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? So, you know, the real family is alleging that, you know, this con man, Shyman Hayut, impersonated and now, you know, was saying he was part of their family. They're suing him for posing as Simon Levine. He allegedly came up with the identity so he could pose as that son so he is as the son Mm -hmm. to this family so that he could dupe multiple women into believing he was a billionaire and so this makes them look bad obviously it makes their name is out there and they are you know getting associated with this getting associated with this whole thing yeah yeah and like I said, he even used the LLD Diamond trademark to make his victims believe that he was indeed part of the Diamond Company and that he was a member of the family, even though there is no Simon Levy. That's not even true. Right. <laughs> you know? And so the daughter of Lev Lviv, Chajit Lviv, who is the actual CEO said that, you know, for him to live that life, he has to be conducting an an, an international fraud of enormous proportions. There has to be so many other victims. Honestly, they're like, she's like, this this documentary is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, for him to be living as lavishly as he was, there's got to be so many other people out there. Oh, yeah, sure. For sure. There's, I'm sure there's some that still legitimately believe him. There's probably some that know it was all bullshit, but they're afraid to come forward or right. they're ashamed of getting caught up in it. I'm sure there's a ton that just are, we're never going to hear from, but it did happen. And she goes on to say that once they saw the show coming out, they thought, you know, it's game over for him. You can no longer pretend to be who you are. You can no longer manipulate and lie to women. You're busted. Everyone saw you, you know. Mm-hmm. And in his head, he was like part of this company, which is very sick and very crazy, she says. And, you know, the lawsuit states that he defrauded, cheated, conned, falsified, and hurt women, men, and businesses. Because not only was he frauding these women and whatever, he was frauding multiple people, like even businesses, to say that he was part of this family. Right. And they were believing it. Right. So, you know, it. what are you going to do? But, so... Anywho, (laughs) they are going to be continuing with the lawsuit. And it's only the beginning of a long line of lawsuits because the next step is to sue him and anyone else that was profiting from the scheme. So this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's an ongoing thing. So we might have an update at some point. We'll have updates on this at some point. In the meantime, this lovely, lovely man... Did an interview with CNN, also in February of 2022, denying defrauding any of these women and claiming he was just a single guy who wanted to meet some girls on Tinder. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And says that he was surprised by how so many women, so many girls, wanted 
to be with him and offered to travel and meet up with him without knowing him at all. Mm. And that he's not this monster that everybody makes him out to be. Well, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I so, believe that. Do you believe that? <laughs> I believe that. I think he, he's a swell guy. He's misunderstood. No. no. I think I should reach out. Maybe he needs some cash. Maybe he does. <laughs> Maybe you could help him out. He probably does. Although I do believe he has a new girlfriend. But <sighs> he says, I'm a legit businessman. No. <laughs> and that they were that these women were not conned or threatened. They literally played the voice messages. I was going to say, they have the receipts, sir. They played the voice messages. And he denied ever presenting himself as an Israeli diamond tycoon. Okay. So. Mm -hmm. And then when he was asked how he was able to keep up with his lavish lifestyle, seeing as he's saying he did not ever con these women, he said he bought Bitcoin in 2011. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I don't need to say how much it's worth now. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's, yeah, all right, buddy. Because if that were true, they, you'd have proof of it, and we'd know how much you had in Bitcoin, and they would have garnished it to pay your restitution. So, I don't think that's quite true. Right, and he says he has no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. And he does not feel bad, because this is something he did not do. How can you feel bad for something that you didn't do. He said, what I feel bad for is what happened to myself. And I want to clear my name. I want to say to the world that this is not true. Simon, I say this with my full chest. Fuck off. I know, right? <laughs> and new girlfriend, Israeli model, Kate Conlon, said that he has never borrowed money from her. And referring to the documentary and the accusations it makes as a fake story. Oh, fake news. Yeah, she's saying it's she's, fake news. She's fake news in it. Yeah. Yeah. And he also said that people should not judge him so harshly. I'm not a fraud. I'm not a fake. People don't know me. They cannot judge me. I'm the biggest gentleman in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Okay. It doesn't seem that way, my friend. So, Tinder confirmed that he has no known active profiles or aliases on its service. And additionally, after the uh, Netflix documentary came out, he was permanently banned from the site altogether. Mm. He is also banned from other apps under Match Group Inc., including Match.com, Plenty of Fish, and OkCupid. I think Match owns... Almost all of them at this point. I think Bumble might be the only one that's not actually owned by Match at this point. Yeah. And shortly after the release of the documentary that he so blatantly didn't want anything to do with, he signed with a talent manager, Gina Rodriguez of Gatoni Inc., in hopes of pursuing a career in the entertainment industry. No. <laughs> Yeah. No, we're not interested. Thank you. Bye. And he also has a Cameo account where he charges $200 for personalized videos. No! And $2,000 for business videos. What's a business video? I don't even know what that means. I guess like consulting maybe or saying like, hey, telling them how to, you know, become wealthy. 
But, like, he became wealthy by stealing money from other people. So how is he an expert? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. And he also once, after all this happened, had a website where he offered business advice also for over $300. But that website is currently out of commission. As it should be. Can't imagine why. (laughs) So, yeah. And that's where we're at now? Yeah. So currently... He is also making club appearances where he is charging up to 20k to make an appearance. Gross, that's gross. Yeah. I I honestly hope nobody takes him up on that. It says here that establishments in Philadelphia, Germany, and Mexico have requested his presence at their clubs. Why? That's Why disgusting. would you want to be associated with this? That's, that's what, what yeah, I don't that's understand. That's gross. I'm sorry, no. If I knew he was a guest at a venue, I would not go to that venue anymore. Right. I I certainly wouldn't. As they say, stop making stupid people famous. And it says that he's happy to oblige as long as they follow a few stipulations, which is bottle service, a private jet, a suite at a five-star hotel, kidding a black SUV car service, and two security guards. Jesus. So he's still out here living that lavish he's still life. still out scamming. Thinking he's... Hot shit, you know. And, you know, what's funny is, in his efforts to become famous and, you know, become some sort of big entity out there that people want to associate themselves with, he himself, this is the best part, got scammed out of 7K because... He received a message from an influencer posing as a woman whose boyfriend worked for Meta, which I guess is Instagram's parent company. Mm -hmm. And she said she could get his account verified Uh for the much sought after, you know, blue check mark. That's such a common scam. He sent the money. What a dumbass. And then quickly realized it was a scam. Great. Yes. So he's out 7K. Because he wanted to be a verified Instagram influencer. I think that's a great point to stop at. That's the end of it. That's, that's fantastic. That's all I have. It's perfect. So, guys, again, this one was a little long. Sorry about that. But um, if you're interested in following us on social media, uh, Facebook, we're Too Good To Be True Podcast. Instagram, we're Too Good To Be True Pod. You can follow us. You can... Keep up to date with what we're doing. You can have episode discussion on there. Just comment on the posts. Uh, talk to us about things. You can send us a DM or a message. If you want to participate a little more and actually shoot us an email, we're happy to have it. We're too good to be true pod at outlook.com. If you don't feel like putting that much effort in, there is a small link at the end of the show notes for you to just take a little four question survey and let us know your thoughts on things. You can always send us suggestions, Mm -hmm. questions, stories about scams, whatever you want to talk to us about. We'd love to hear more stories. Yeah, and and like I said, even questions, case suggestions, things you'd like us to cover, things you want us to talk about. If there's anything that you're wondering if it's a scam and you want us to clarify, you know, ask away. Oh, yeah, please do. Um. We also have a support button if you go to our main page or even at the bottom of the show notes. If you want to support us for as low as 99 cents a month, it'll help us get better equipment. Because, guys, we are constantly having to stop our recording because 
dogs are barking, neighbors are yelling, things are going on outside. There's a train that hates us. A train that goes off every night at different times when it feels like. So, you know. And we have no soundproofing whatsoever. Any money that we get is going to go towards better equipment, better mics set up. Um, soundproofing stuff like that. We're not just gonna take money and go on vacation. So, right. If you feel like supporting us, go for it. If you don't, that's fine too. We still appreciate you listening. We're not gonna beg you for money. We're not Simon. So <laughs> we're not Simon. We're not trying to take all your money. So yeah, if you want to find us on our socials, you can do that. You want to email us, you can do that. We're happy to hear it, and we'll do our best to respond to everything that we get. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, just. Remember, if it seems too seems good to be, be true, true, it is. It is. I was never really into watching music videos. I just always was like, what's the fucking point? Like, if I want to see a movie, I'll see a movie. If I want to listen to music, I'll listen to music. Do I need to join the two for three minutes? Not really. Well, see, I'm a child of the 90s, and it was, like, a big thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, so, like, I literally had... Jay makes fun of me. Like, I don't have them anymore, I don't think. But I had, like, a bunch of VHS tapes where I just recorded videos. Oh my God. Because at the time... You, they weren't at your fingertips. Dork! I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I totally want... Uh, th- that's like only the like tip of the iceberg too. That's no, I mean I used to have on what was it TRL? I would, what, what the hell is his name? Carson Daly. Carson Daly. Yeah, yeah, I used to have TRL on every day after school, but I didn't watch the music videos. I just listened to the countdown. Like I'd be doing my you know Whatever. chores, like my no, washing I dishes like, and stuff. Sat there and watched it because I remember that one that one dumbass Breaking Ben song was on. TRL for like fucking years I swear to god that's so cold or whatever Mm -hmm. and it was like every day and I was so hyped for it yeah, I was like, it's gonna be on, it's gonna be on, it's gonna be on TRL. I'm gonna get to watch the video again. It's like, why the fuck was I so obsessed with that? Like, I, I literally I rushed home to watch TRL. I can't I even walk stand or... that band anymore. Like, <laughs> I I, the second a Breaking Ben song comes on, I'm like, skip, downvote. I, I no, know, right? <laughs> I had to walk across town to get home, and I would literally speed walk home to get home in time to watch whatever I needed wanted to watch and and at that point like when I was that age it was TRL and I used to, I would like get made fun of like I would she's like, I don't I just don't trust her because she's I, the least graceful cat I've ever seen I, I just like, don't want to see her knock that off literally get made fun of and I don't remember specific people don't square up at her You're fine you, you <laughs> that was rude <laughs> I don't even remember who specifically but like would like be behind me and I'd be walking and I'm like I'm going so fast and they called me speed racer and <laughs> some other bullshit I don't know different things you know oh like Indy 500 or whatever that fucking race is called oh, the, the car and then uh, when I was like 16 17 we finally got like Katie are you okay like <laughs> all right whatever we got we finally got direct tv and I discovered the upper stations of DirecTV that are just Sirius XM. Yeah. Bro. I no. was jamming so hard whenever my family would leave. 
I would like turn on the <laughs> indie rock station. <laughs> And I would have it so loud and just be, like, oh singing along to, like, Avril and stuff. Yeah. And one day I was just, what the hell is I singing? Complicated or some shit like Probably. that in the living room. And I was going all out on it. Right. On my performance. And they came home and my mom's like, turn that shit down! Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I I was a dork. I literally, I was telling Jay about it. I was like, I literally would like record videos or I'd record like those countdown shows and I'd literally write the stuff down on pieces of paper and they'd be on a slip in the, in the VHS tape case. <laughs> I know it's pretty lame. It's real lame. It's real lame. Yeah, I'd like either write like what the videos were on that tape or I'd write like the countdown and then I'd write like who was one, two, three, four, like 20 through the first one. You know what I mean? Oh my god, lame. <laughs> I would also listen to the countdowns they had on the radio and record those and write those down as well. We did those. We did those. (laughs) I remember that. And then my sister would have me always call the radio station because she always wanted to record songs, but she was too shy to make the call. Oh, yeah. So I'd call in and be like, hi, I'm Kami. I'm calling for my sister, Heather. <laughs> yeah, they had like what is it, the hot nine at nine or whatever the hell it was on the one station. I'm like, Man, the day I requested waterfalls by TLC, I thought <laughs> I was such a badass. Whenever we had sleepovers, we'd do stuff like that, call into the radio stations. We did the we did the prank calls using you remember E Bombs World? No. It was like a stupid website. It was just mm-hmm. just a bunch of nonsense bullshit. I don't know if I And it had it. these sound boards. Oh, had, okay. That had like sound bites from different movies and TV shows and stuff. And we used to go on there and we'd prank call people. We definitely <laughs> prank called people And like too. just use those so we didn't have to say like anything, anything? in our real voices. They couldn't tell you who just we like... were. So we would call and the one we used the most was the, uh, the Breakfast Club one. Okay. And... <clears throat> and like they they'd be like who is this what do you want and like i'd put the little button that said like does barry manilow know you raid his closet every day who is this and there was a button i'd click and it would go billy and they'd go billy billy who and then i'd hit another button and it would go christelle and they'd be like billy christelle and I- 